Hello, I'm Damien Edwardson, one half of Art92 and the co-creator of Pre-Mortis, A Tale of Modern Horrors. And welcome to Omen to That, the chit-free sporadic podcast series where I'll be talking to a selection of guests on a diverse range of topics centred in and around the world of art, comics and all things creative. On this episode, we'll be looking at the art of the podcast, a series of shows where I'll be talking to the creators of some of my favourite podcasts. We'll look at where their inspiration to start a podcast came from, their influences, and also some helpful tips for anybody out there aspiring to run a podcast themselves. On this episode, I talk to Eamon Clark, best known as the creator of the Megacity Book Club, and as you'll hear, one of the nicest people you'll meet in comics. We talk all things from our love of comics, 2000 AD, to how Dolly Parton has saved the world. So put your headphones on and settle back as we look at the art of the podcast with Eamon Clark and the Mega City Book Club. So on today's show, I'm pleased to be joined by a seasoned podcaster who's known for his work on British Invaders, most famously the Mega City Book Club, and his most recent series, A Handful of Dust, a Sandman podcast that he presents with his daughter. In addition, he's a font of comics knowledge and a regular guest on Tony Esmond's Never Iron Anything podcast. And finally, he can usually be found in the normal world spending countless hours in queues at Comic-Cons, obtaining wonderful items and signatures that he then raffles off for his annual charity. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met in the Comics Network. A big hello to Eamon Clark. Blimey, Damien. Uh, we haven't got video on, but I'm blushing. It's true. You know me. I wouldn't lie to you. You genuinely are one of the nicest people I've met in my three years of being back in the comic world. I'm going to get all emotional now. Thank you, Damon. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's a genuine honour and a pleasure to be here. No, thank you for coming on. I must admit, you know, I I always look forward to when you're on with with Tony and other people. I think you're a tremendous guest. When you have those deep dives in in some of the books that you've picked, I mean, I particularly love the Warrior episode. Yes. Um, Brilliant stuff. I don't know how you do it at your young age. I don't know how you do it. Well, yeah, it's not so young. (laughs) Uh, I always feel on Tony's podcast, I'm a little bit of um, an imposter because most of the people he has on are comic book creators like himself. And all I do is sort of podcast about put comics. But uh, yeah, he's he's been very kind and had me on a few times. No, not at all. It's it's thoroughly entertaining. And, and again, the day I think he just wants people who actually have a passion for what they're talking about. And you know, you're not just a podcaster. I mean, you you've also cost me a lot of money with Mega City Book Club because nearly everything <laughs> that you, you talk about, I end up either tracking down the original issues or buying um, the collected editions of. So, thanks for that. No worries. That's part of the plan with the podcast. <laughs> so are you uh, you safe and well in these these strange times? I know you're a busy man with with everything that's going on, but you you're all good, family good. Yes, we are all good. We're all staying safe and well. Um, yeah, I am a busy man at the moment because I'm I'm an NHS uh, GP, um, and so I'm still full time at that. And uh, yeah, we're very busy at work, and we're about to get an awful lot busier because. Thanks to Dolly Parton, the vaccines are coming. Um, So, you know, we're getting ready. We're getting geared up to administer the vaccines. 
Uh, it's going to be a challenging time for us, but one obviously we're looking forward to doing. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, as I've, as we were talking a little bit earlier, maybe 2020 with recent events, such as the vaccine coming onto the horizon and, and the US elections, and the, maybe it's taking a bit of a turn, trying to redeem itself a little bit. It's got a long way to go, but, you know, it has. there's a glimmer of hope on the horizon, isn't there? After there is a glimmer it. of hope. You know, America has elected a, uh, a decent human being. kind yeah, human being. <laughs> And uh, Dolly Parton and the vaccines are coming for it, coming to save us. So um, you're going to have to right. explain the Dolly Parton thing, you know, because a lot of people who haven't seen it are going to be going, "What's Dolly Parton got to do with the vaccine?" <laughs> well, so I, I'll go off on a slight tangent here, Damien. Do you know those two guys who work for Transport for London who write on the whiteboards, those little I poems do. and inspirational quotes? And they've got a book out. They were on the Radio 4 Today programme this morning talking about it. And I saw their whiteboard they did about Dolly Parton. And it said something like, she gives money away to charity. She gives books to kids all over the world. She's come out in favour of Black Lives Matter. She's funded a COVID-19 vaccine. America should make her their queen. She's one of the the, the best people on the planet. And and she, so she has a charitable foundation. She would, I think, I read somewhere that she would be a billionaire if she didn't give away millions every year. Wow. And she has a charitable foundation. And so the one of her um, charitable contributions was she gave $1 million to the Moderna vaccine. That was the second vaccine that was announced in the last few weeks. and it And it was the one that was announced to be 95% effective. And this isn't my joke, but that someone else on Twitter pointed out that this means the Dolly Parton vaccine is working 95. Brilliant. What a way to keep us living. <laughs> so, yeah. And God that's not her. a bad film either as well. No, she wrote... No, it wasn't 95. She wrote the songs Jolene mm. and I Will Always Love You, the Bodyguard song. She wrote those two songs on the same day. And then yeah. gave herself the rest of the day off. Outrageous, isn't it? I know. It's, fun, it's funny because Dolly Parton, she's one of those people that if you looked at and listened to Dolly Parton, you'd get completely the wrong impression of what she's like as a human being. Yeah. You know, because you, you you do that thing that people do where you take somebody's accent and you take where they're from and you put the two together and go, hmm. And actually, she couldn't be any further from that. You know, yeah. she's she's actually a very, as you've said, a very generous and um, kind-spirited humanitarian basically she is she's and, an astonishing human being yeah yeah and I've, I've always said to h you know if we were, we were lucky enough to to have you know that kind of ability of wealth or a platform if you don't use it to make things better for other people you should really hang your head in shame you know because yeah. you really should i think it's almost like a duty that you know you should try and do your best so no good honor good honor yeah. and uh you know if you're listening dolly and you want to come on and um <laughs> talk about aiming <laughs> or the art of, no do the art of country oh, well yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think i could deal with dolly parton to be fair she's she's a bit full on and she frightens me a bit she's yeah. a bit too too excitable but she's a lovely person lovely yeah. person so you're looking forward to um getting involved in the great vaccination program i would imagine you know fingers crossed and and remind yeah. me as well after this i've got a rash i need you to have a look at on the webcam so don't dash <laughs> off <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, okay. just for people who obviously aren't as familiar with you which 
I, I doubt anyone listening to this. I mean, I, if anybody listens to this, but anybody that does, I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if they don't either know you or know of the fantastic podcast such as Mega City Book Club. But do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what your history with comics in particular and how you became interested in, in podcasting as well? So comics starts in the 70s because I'm a real old geezer. So I start with Marvel UK comics those black and white reprints of the american marvels and they were just great fun and you'd get them weekly and they would have chopped up stories and because it was a british comics they would do it as an anthology so they have a bit of spider-man or a bit of x-men or a bit of hulk um i loved those they were so exciting when i was a kid getting those yes um i I mean i was thinking that all you know i was going to look for one there ought to be a podcast about marvel uk because you know that was great stuff and then when they started you know you get people like des skin and you you, they started doing you know captain britain and and the anyway so that was great i loved all that uh i went off to university and i did that thing when you go to university where you think oh no i'm all grown up now i'm not going to read comics (laughs) and then i've got because I well, I've got younger brothers, and it was my youngest brother who was getting 2000 AD, and that's how I got into 2000 AD. Every time I came home, I was reading his 2000 ADs and trying to catch up on what mm. I'd been missing. Um, and then also, I walked. I I did this on Tony's podcast. I walked into a, a news agent and just happened to pick up the first issue of Warrior magazine. <sighs> and for anybody who doesn't know, that was a black and white, de- another Dead Skin production yeah. from the early 80s where comics or like marvel man that became miracle man and mm-hmm. v for vendetta started but also there was uh axel press button um father shandor there were some great comics in there real um you know if we pull back the curtains we've been talking about this on my mm-hmm. own podcast because some of the you know that's a great showcase for british black and white comic book art so that was fantastic. And then since then, I've just, you know, I've had, like yourself, Damien, I've had the odd gap away for a few years. Every time, you know, you think oh, I'm all grown up now, I've got a young family. And, but it all oh, comics always just drag me back in. Mm. And then I guess about, I don't know, it may, be, it may be even 15 years ago that I started just fully embracing it again and really getting back into it and going to conventions and going to signings and meeting all the other lovely fans and creators and just have a great time with it really you know collecting comics collecting art as you say i do get a lot of stuff signed and then raffle it for charity um just I don't, it's just so much fun going to all these conventions of course we can't do it at the moment but it is coming back we will one day we'll stand in those queues again, Damien. Yeah, yeah. It's quite funny because it seemed like nearly every um, con I went to, we'd bump into each other. We did, and, yes. You know, and it was nice. And I used to I used to really look forward to sort of seeing you there and stuff. And it is a shame, um, but we will get back there, like you say. You know, it's it's just, you got to just kind of hold your nerve, haven't you? We and, have, and, yes, we you have. Know, be sensible and all be that safe, stuff. Be safe, be sensible. But just going back but, to yeah, some of those. Good times are coming. We probably won't take them for granted as much as we've, we've done in the past. We anyway. won't. But no. just going back to your, your story when you talk about the earlier issues, I mean, the Marvel UK stuff, I mean, I, I grew up on a lot of those. Because um, our news agent, he used to have them pegged onto a line across the top of his, his counter. Oh, yeah, I remember they used so, to do that. Yeah, yeah see, so I had to kind of look up, you know, and go yeah. like, oh, look at that, you know, Hulk Weekly or something like that. 
tremendous books and I used to have a load of them but I, I mean as I say they went through a period of not being worth anything and I just got rid of them because I couldn't I, could, I was moving around and I couldn't afford to carry like you know hundreds of boxes of comics with me so I had to just keep the things I really wanted um, and Warrior I mean oh man I, I just I've said this before but I absolutely adore Warrior I thought it was just such a tremendous magazine and you even now you look at the work you know, I think if anybody wants a masterclass in how to do black and white sequential art, just pick up some warriors um, because they're all just absolutely beautiful work. So, yeah, yeah, you, you push all of, a lot of the, uh, the, the buttons for me um, good, when good. it comes to your likes. And it's interesting that um, we probably like a lot of the same stuff. And you're right, you know, you do drop in and out. But where did, where did your interest in, in podcasting come from? So I remember... I remember being on a ski trip in the early 2000s and seeing somebody with an iPod and thinking, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then I got I got an iPod because you used to have to load them onto the iPod from iTunes, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and, I, the, you know, this is the other thing. Years ago, I can remember saying to somebody, you know, I hate missing some of these radio shows you hear about. It would be great to have some way of catching up on them. And yeah. the two that I started with, Nothing to do with comics. One was Fighting Talk, the sports yep, yep. sort of comedy quiz show from Radio 5 Live. And the other was Kermit and Mayo's film reviews. Um, interestingly, I don't listen to either of them now, but I did listen to them for, for a long time. Yeah. And then I discovered an American comics podcast called Comic Geek Speak, who I've become really friendly with those guys over the years. And they, you know, obviously talking primarily about american comics and they're still going they're in there i can't remember they're in something like the 1800s episodes now they're astonishing output over the years um and then there was a there was another podcast called slice of sci-fi an american science fiction um show and they used to have a quiz on and then one week one of the one of the quiz questions was about blake seven and of course they'd never heard of blake seven so I wrote them an email about Blake Seven, and then through that I ended up corresponding with this Canadian Blake Seven fan, a chap called Brian, um, and he was doing a he started a podcast, this British Invaders podcast, mm. which is all about British science fiction television, right. because he saw that there weren't any podcasts doing that sort of stuff. And then the guy he was doing it with a guy from London, and the guy from London, I think. I think some life stuff came up for him and he couldn't do it anymore. And so he asked me to help out, be a guest uh, host on the podcast. And that was 12 years ago. And I've been doing it ever since. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. I mean, I've, I've looked at, um, obviously, I've been doing a bit of digging around about uh, the British Invaders stuff. And obviously, there's some great stuff on there. I mean, if you're a fan of old British TV and those classic series, you know, it's, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole with that, I can tell already. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was scanning through and going, oh, uh, you know, and, and things like The Prisoner and stuff. I'm just, I, I adore, you know, that sort of stuff. And the, the the new Avengers and the Avengers and all. I just, I don't know, it's just honestly was, and it sounds really corny, but it honestly was a different time, wasn't it, for entertainment? It was, yeah. And I don't yes, think, we'll, well, we'll never get that again. You know, that kind of creativity and freedom, I think, to create. So yeah. And if and and it's also it's got that parallel with comic books. I'll make a tenuous connection here mm. because just like with say the early two thousand AD original artwork, 
and we know there's all these horror stories that it was given away it was thrown away it was cut up it was used as cutting boards it was used even famously or infamously to mop up a um, flood a flood yeah. yeah um with british science fiction television i mean it's the same with Amer- early american television but Brit- british science fiction tv so much of that stuff is now lost to time because it wasn't kept um you know they were made on these very expensive videotapes that they had to reuse so there's all those missing episodes of doctor who there's missing episodes of the avengers um there's loads of shows that are sort of missing from the archive and of course again nobody thought then that 40 50 years later there'd be a huge market for this stuff on dvd or streaming in the same way that you know some of the comic reprints that we're getting now and you, we know, Damien, we know it was, you know, it was produced as a disposable medium, mm. wasn't it? You know, mm. 2000 AD, famously, everybody's got to say bog paper, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. printed on. Um, so, yeah, fascinating. It is, yeah. And it, it is funny. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But, yeah. um, I mean, someone will have them out there somewhere. I, I, you know, there's always bizarrely people who find things, aren't there, in, in lofts and things that they never knew other people had, but... It is a real shame um, that some of that stuff that, that you guys particularly talk about just isn't available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great show. I've, I've only listened to a few of them, I'll be honest, but that's because I haven't got much time at the moment. And I'm, I know, I'm as I say, I'm just going to end up down a rabbit hole with them. So I will be <laughs> catching up once. And another thing that I've been listening to recently as well, which I need to catch up on, is your, your other podcast that you've recently done with your daughter based on Sandman. So, yes, this is my daughter, Jenny, who's grown up, um, although she's back living with us now for lockdown. But she was a guest on my Megacity book club. We did Halo Jones. And then because we got discussing the issue of a transgender character in Halo Jones, we decided we'd do uh, a Megacity book club episode about the Sandman story, A Game of You, from the sort of early 90s. Um, And then... That was a couple of years ago. And we kept saying we should do the whole Sandman. We should do the whole Sandman. And so we eventually this year in lockdown, like everybody else, we started a podcast. <laughs> um, so it's it's finished now for now. We've done 18 episodes. They're about an hour each. And we've done the entire Sandman run by Neil Gaiman. And we've done pretty much all the spin-offs that he wrote himself, plus a few others. Mm. Uh, we basically did one trade per episode. And it's been great fun. You know, it's been an interesting reread. Jenny's views about it uh, differ from mine. If you've mm. listened to some of the episodes, you'll know that she calls me on my bullshit from time to time. <laughs> um, and, of course, you know... I remember reading the Sandman while it was coming out and it was so exciting. Yeah. Because it was felt like something completely new and completely different and very, very progressive for the time. Yeah. And I believe it was, but 30 years later, looking at it from Jenny's point of view, some of the stuff actually now looks rather clunky and crude. Mm. And yes, there's a lot of minorities were introduced, uh, you know, diverse characters were introduced, but then mostly they were killed off, which Mm. of course is a genre staple in film and television comics and everything, isn't it? You know, Mm. that they introduce diverse characters and then they get killed off. Yeah, it's been fascinating doing that. That's been our lockdown project together. Uh, It's called A Handful of Dust, and you can find it in your podcatchers. And it's a complete project at the moment. We might come back to it with a few other comics 
Mm. Uh, we've talked about that we might do or even books but uh at the moment it's um it's finished for now anyway we've done that it's, little it's great i mean I've, I've listened to a few i've not again because it's on my i've subscribed so it's on there ready for me to to be able to concentrate because oh, i do i do find i need to concentrate on it because it is interesting and it's a brilliant concept i mean because there is a generational difference yes. in the way that we would read those comics and the way that somebody like your daughter jenny reads them with a different a different eye to them you know and it's because it's only when she calls out some of the things that that you know arguably are quite problematic these days you know there's some of the themes and and some of the the treatment of characters i, I must confess that you know because I, I, I dip in and out of sandman over the years quite a lot and when i start to reread it it doesn't always become apparent that but now that your daughter's been sort of flagging it with you I'm actually thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I'd never, I, to my shame, I'd never looked at it in the context of modern life. So I try and look at things um, and, and take into account when they were made and the context of when they were created. Because otherwise, I think there's sometimes a danger that, you know, you can go down a bit of a, a route where you could literally cancel most things between probably the 70s up to like a few years ago, you know, works of art that may be viewed as slightly, you know, through the fingers now, but the intent wasn't there when they did it. Do you know what I mean? And I, I know some people can't do that. It's like, to give you an example, Morrissey. So I was talking to Rachel Lee Carter about Morrissey. He's turned into a right dickhead, to be yes. honest. You know, I don't know what's gone on with him, but... No, you know, I wish I knew, because, yes. Yeah, and but for people like me of my generation, you know, the Smiths hold a very special place for me, and I know some people that won't listen to them anymore, and I can't do that. You know, I can't discount that back catalogue because he's now turned into this vicious old codger who should know better. But some people do. And I think it could be the same with comics as well. You yeah. know, I think, I think you, you, you do have to take on board things are problematic which is the brilliant thing that jenny does you know she she raises these things as a, mm, but don't you think yes <laughs> you I know. actually it's like oh yeah i do actually but it, it it's if, honestly i don't want to spoil it for anyone but it is really really a great podcast and the dynamic between you both i mean obviously you you know you, you're gonna have that naturally but it, it works really well it, oh it, thank you well, it made me people think. like it yeah. yeah yeah and it made me I, think as well and i think you know fortunately neil gaiman i think has got more liberal and progressive as he's got older thankfully yeah. uh he was already you know he was already liberal and progressive and he's got um better he hasn't become right-wing and reactionary like certain singers you know yeah um, and certain other comic people as well unfortunately. well exactly yeah <laughs> i know got- well, that's what seems to happen to us, isn't it? We either become more liberal or we become really reactionary and horrible. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope I'm becoming the more liberal, the more open. Uh, what was it? Somebody could I'm a radical liberal or something like that, or you know, um, a liberal fundamentalist or something. Liberal I, extremist. I, how about that? Yeah, I can never see you going to the dark side. It, I hope okay. not. No. It's not going to happen, mate. You, you, you generally too no, you a human being. But oh, I'd hope not. I mean, if ever I do, then, you know, I've said to H, just just beat me to death with the Daily Mail because that's all I deserve. Um, <laughs> but it's, it is, honestly, if you've not listened to it, um, and I'll put the links in the show notes, give it a list, listening to it. I, I think it's fascinating. Really good. Should do more. If, you, if you've got other topics lined up, you should do it. Oh, really. right. OK. We will, well, we have, we have a possible list. So, yes, we may be coming Excellent. back and of course most famously then you're known for the the 
and one of the first podcasts I started listening to, believe it or not, because um, I was quite late to the podcast thing, but I was one of the people that once read an article years ago about streaming and how we'd all be choosing what we watched on TV when we wanted. I remember turning to H going, well, that's a load of bollocks, isn't it? Because, you, you know, it's like, can you imagine that? Because our broadband was at like one megabit an hour or something, yes. you know, and that's still, that's not going to happen. And now I can't, I mean, apart from maybe the odd bit of sport, I can't think of anything I watch live on TV anymore. I don't think I could bear to do it. Yeah. But podcasts were the same. I was quite late coming to podcasts as well, where I kind of, you know, I was, I got into obviously streaming music a bit more and thinking, well, this is quite convenient. But then I was just streaming stuff I've got on vinyl, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bit pointless. And then I, I'd listened to, um, I think one of the first podcasts I actually listened to was one of yours, you know. And it was from a Twitter. Yeah. And I I kind of fell into it. That and um, Space Spinner was another one. And again, Mega City Book Club. If you've never listened to it, then you should. And I'm going to ask you now, for those that aren't familiar with it, do you want to just explain the concept? Just talk us a little bit through about how I decided to do it. So it was 2016. So I've been doing it for just over four and a half years now. And I don't know quite why I decided. I I was... I think I was coming up to my 55th birthday and I was thinking to myself, well, either I'll start a podcast or I'll, I'll have guitar lessons, which I'd always, you know, always wanted, but have never got around to doing. And I decided to do the podcast idea. Brian, this Canadian chap from Canada, who'd been going on at me, he said, you know, you should do a podcast about your comics. You're always going on about comics whenever you get the chance. You should do a comics podcast. And so I had the idea to do a podcast about 2000 AD because I thought that was an area that I knew reasonably well. Plus I knew a lot of, I'd, I'd really got back into 2000 AD. Um, I knew a lot of the fans and I thought, so I thought what I'd do is I'd do it like a book club. I'd invite a different guest for every episode, uh, a bit like yourself, because I've, I, I've, I've always found single voice podcasts are quite difficult to do well mm. i don't listen to many single voice podcasts most of the ones is a conversation and so what i thought we'd do is i'd get a different guest on for every episode they'd choose the book we'd both read it we'd talk about it for about half an hour and i'd probably put out one a month it soon turned out there wasn't half an hour it was going to be more like an hour or an hour and a half mm. to begin with um and i was doing them so frequently and i've managed to keep up so i basically i put one out every fortnight so one comes out Every second Sunday, you get an episode of Mega City Book Club. They are now, I think, they're averaging about an hour long. Each time, it's a different guest. I've had, I've had, you know, several guests have obviously come back over the years now and done repeats, chosen other books. Yeah. And originally, I was going to do some sort of, you know, get us to do some sort of rating of the book at the end. You know, rate it how we would compare. Um, but actually, because the guests choose their book and everybody basically chose their favourites um we sort of stopped doing that but we just we just natter about a comic book for an hour and it started to begin with i was pretty strict that it would be uh 2000 ad only and i thought i'd stay on the 2000 ad range and just do that and that it would be a very it was you know it was deliberately intended to be a very positive podcast it was going to be something where you know uh, i mean people chose the books they loved and some of them I had to go back and scrabble around to find a copy of and then catch up on, or some of them I knew pretty well or reasonably well. Um, and then over the years, we introduced 
the sort of Kevin Bacon seven degrees of separation rule. So basically what we did do was that we'd you could follow a 2000 AD create outside of British comics. I think the first one we did was we did Alan Moore and Alan Davis's Captain Britain going back to those Marvel UK comics just because I don't I don't think I'd ever heard a podcast talking about that run on Captain Britain. And and there was another fan, this chap, Duncan Nimmo, was, you know, he, I knew he was a fan of it and I persuaded him to do it. And so since then, we've, we have drifted. We've done, I think it's become a sort of British comics mostly, but we do pick up the odd American comic here and there. Uh, like I say, my daughter Jenny, we did um, Sandman. Um, we've done a few other bits and pieces, but basically whatever my guests choose. And the good news in a way, is that I've got people queuing up to come on the show. I've got this list of books to get and read, which is as long as my arm. Um, I almost, I can't record them and put them out fast enough in a way, mm. afraid, Damien. So it's been a, you know, it, you know, it's been great fun. Four and a half yeah. years of smashing fun, talking about 2000 AD, other British comics, and occasionally some American stuff. So it's great. It is great. And um, I mean, it's cost me a fortune. Because <laughs> a lot of it genuinely has. I hope H doesn't listen to this. Because a lot of the stuff that you've talked about, I've had to go back and, and seek out. Because I love podcasts where people talk about their passions for things. Yes. They're, they're the ones I get really, really like invested in. And that's what I love about your show. I mean, I just love hearing why people pick certain books and what it means to them and when they first you know what their 2080 origins are and all that kind of stuff and i think one of the first ones i ever listened to was possibly the the shako one with conrad oh right it yeah just had me inst- that and then the one with fox on was it ant wars ant wars with fox I feel yeah like i've laughed as hard for a long time when i first listened to those because those guys are funny anyway but they were great examples of how Americans, because you don't think about this, how people who aren't British view a great old British comic like we had. And some of the the, the kind of references, they were like, what the hell is that? You know, and yeah. it, it just, it was a great show. But I love Mega City Book Club. It's, it's something I always look forward to. And it's one of the oh, first things listen to. And I'm just saying it, it's true. And mm. this, this series I'm doing on podcasts, is I'm talking to people who do those podcasts that I genuinely have an affection for. And I want other people to, learn about and hope that they might enjoy them just as much but mega City's great and obviously i'm fortunate to have uh, been on it as well which is yes, nice so. yes we've just recorded another one your second appearance i have uh, yeah yeah normally i'm a bit of a, a bit of a juan uh, you know i only get juan going and i'm never invited <laughs> back so i appreciate you having me on twice it's uh, it's very kind of you so the, the whole concept of making it as a book club then, I mean, was that because you, you wanted to make sure that you had a different topic each week? And, and I agree with you that just single voice podcasts can be quite difficult to sustain, can't they? They can. And yeah, it was. I just I just like the idea of a rotating panel of guests. Mm. And yeah, I did, you know, I did sort of think, oh, I might run out of guests, <laughs> might run out of people who want to do it. And I have to, you know, I have to tip my hat to the first four people because I've recorded I recorded four episodes before I put any out. And so these four guys, all of whom I either knew from uh, sign-ins and conventions or I knew from listening to their podcast who, who agreed to do it, not really knowing what the format you know, would be or what it would turn out to be. Right. 
but yeah i just you know i did wonder if i would run out of guests and i would get stuck with the same people coming back every few weeks but actually it you know one of my biggest challenges at the moment is just wrangling the list and the waiting list mm-hmm. and you know trying to find slots to get everybody in and everybody you know perhaps fortunately just about everybody has sort of like finished one the one that they've done and said oh i'd love to pick another book and come back again and they pick the book mm-hmm. and you go oh yeah that'd be great we'll do that i'll put yeah. you on the list so Brilliant. um yeah it's great you know there's nice no shortage of, it is it is the right yeah. problem to have i've got no shortage of guests and no shortage of books i've just got so much to read and <laughs> catch up on um, but as you say nice problems and it's um you know for, for anyone that hasn't been on the show i mean again just pulling the curtain back a bit but it's a very well structured and professional way that you run it um not like this ramshackle event that I do here where I generally text people questions the day before and go have a think about this. But, it, you know, you, you really do. I've learned so much from listening to it about not just books that I've read and never really thought about in that way, but of artists, of the stories behind them. I love the Grail page section that you have where people get to choose a particular piece of art from each book they're talking about and, and why they've chosen it. I love all that. You know, I, I really love knowing why people like certain things and i think that's that's inspired i mean the grill page bit was that something you always had in mind or did that just kind of come along as you were recording it it that was something that wasn't in the original spec at all no that's mm-hmm. something that just developed organically after about i think the first eight or ten episodes where we just we were just talking about and i mean anybody who's listened to me knows that i gush about artwork a lot mm. um but we would talk about the artwork and i don't know quite who first came up with it i think it might have been a chap steve green um who does if anybody doesn't know he's um a vfx guy and he's done he did the special effects for judge minty a fan film about judge in from the world of judge dread and then he yep. did he co-directed and did the vfx for strontium dog search and destroy which was a johnny alpha fan film which you know watch those on youtube because they're great yeah, they're great and i think yeah. they are fantastic aren't they and i think it might have been him who came up with it and so we've just been doing it we'd like you know we'd get the guests each episode to say if we had a fantasy budget and if all the original artwork was available to buy and obviously a lot of it's you know it's in private hands or as we've just mm. said scurrilously some of it is no longer existing um but you know which pages would you want to buy or to 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 own and so we do the virtual grail page game we do the 2000 ad origin story or the comic book origin story for for you know for every new guest at the start of the episode um yeah you know and i i early on i sort of realized that a bit like tony does on his podcast and you do here you've got to do a bit of research in advance Mm. and so i was i was writing myself outlines and then i don't know how many episodes i'd done i'd done about i don't know 30 or 40 episodes when i thought to myself you know i should be sending these outlines to the guests the week before so they've got an idea of the shape of the episode that i'm sort of thinking of i mean one thing i've sort of tried to avoid is just being a recap podcast where you just tell the story you don't yeah. you know to talk it's like anything yeah. but that yeah and that's what i like about it is is you know you do sometimes the recap can be in five minutes and then it's all talking about the art the process the writing you know it's it's wonderful well that's the bit i want is to you know to get that to get an angle on the story of the book 
And sometimes, you know, it's like Dread's world and the philosophy of Dread and the judges. Sometimes it's a deep dive into an artist. Sometimes it's into some, you know, real world stuff mm. that's going on. Um, so, yeah, I st I've taken to sending those outlines over to the guests about a week before we record and giving them some ideas. And, you know, so they've got some ideas of what we're going to be talking about. And of course, I tell you what's, what's interesting, Damien, is I don't know if people could spot this. I think they can from time to time. You can, a bit like with my daughter, Jenny, when she catches me on my BS, you can sometimes spot in an episode when I haven't done enough research and the guest knows more than I do by quite some way. <laughs> they catch me out from time to time. But that's, uh, you know, it's part of the fun. I don't pretend to be the complete expert. Um, I let my guests hopefully do that for me. Brilliant. You you get a real um, sense of people's passions, which is is I think you can't be. I love listening to people who are passionate about stuff. I mean, I've seen lots of talks uh, as of you by creators and stuff, and sometimes they're very functional. They're very interesting. Well, they're just functional, you know. Whereas yeah. you get other people that talk with a genuine passion for what they do, and I love those. I absolutely adore those kinds of things, and that's what I, I get from your show and. You know, nine times out of ten, because we all have them, and we'll come on to this in a minute. You know, sometimes some people are more passionate than others, but when you get to those people that really like the subject, and you you're enjoying the subject as well, and I sit there with a smile on my face when I'm listening to it, because it it, it genuinely is a a really interesting podcast, and I, I think it's great. It just costs a lot of money if you start listening to it. I warn anyone, because you will be going back <laughs> picking up trades of of various stories and things that maybe passed you by the first time or you didn't pay attention to so um There'll yeah be books to buy possibly there, there yeah. will be books to buy yeah you should yeah. be on a retainer from rebellion i think because uh, <laughs> they've done well out of you they've done well out of you, you should be honorary judge that's the way <laughs> so I just going on to that name. you should you should <laughs> Just, just leading on from that though. So when you first started doing the podcast, did you? I mean, you'd been doing the the previous podcast for about eight years by this time, had you? Uh, what was it? So probably yes, I had. Yeah, quite right. Yeah. Yes. So did you have a kind of good idea of how it all worked and you were set up and ready to go? Because part of what I'm trying to do with this series of podcasts around podcasts, ironically, is to give people who maybe haven't ever done it a little bit of insight into how you do it and and you know, what kind of equipment or what kind of production stuff you do? So I started off back in 2008 with just like a gaming headset, you know, just like with the drop down mic, which always makes yeah. you feel like uh, you're in, you know, it's Judge Dredd's drop down helmet mic for artists to draw it that way. Um, and I would record my end of the conversation on Audacity, which I'm still using. It's just a free audio editing software. And then I yep. would just upload my end of the of the conversation to a Dropbox, and then Brian, because Brian's an audio wizard and a bit of a you know he's he works in IT anyway, and he's right. a, an audiophile, and he would do all the sort of editing magic. So when I became to do my own podcast, I had to learn all that stuff myself. I got some tips from Brian, and by then I'd upgraded my microphones, and then since then I've upgraded. I actually I've got a slight problem. I can't stop buying sort of recording equipment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Zoom, not not the uh, not the video conferencing software, mm. but Zoom, the audio recording people. I've got a new. Uh, a podcast recorder coming out in 2021 which is looking very tempting right. um, i'm keeping my eye on that but anyway yes yeah, so i've got now 
hopefully a better microphone, a better setup. Um, I'm still mostly recording uh, my voice in Audacity, and then I do all the editing in Audacity, although yeah. I use a few other bits of software to sort of finish it off and do the turn it into the podcast MP3. And like yourself, Damien, you've got to learn how to upload these files, how to add art to these, and um, you know, and all the uh, the metadata you put on an MP3 to make it a podcast. Fortunately, there's lots of you know there's lots of places on the internet where you can find that uh, stuff. Yeah, so I've learned to do all that. My kit's got you know more expensive and better as time's gone on, and hopefully the audio output has improved most of the time. I've had a few dodgy ones, but you know it's a learning process, as I'm sure you're finding yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because um, I mean I started doing this just as I mentioned to you before. You know, firstly because I was a bit lonely. <laughs> in the <laughs> lockdown i needed to speak to somebody else other than h and secondly i just thought you know if if i do something and somebody listens to it and enjoys it then that's a good thing and again it was difficult trying to think of a theme because i didn't want to do anything that was going to be too niche i didn't want to try and go up against something like yourself with 2000 ad or space spinner because you're far far more interesting and better than than i could be and small press comics again we've got awesome comics which again you know i've said before is i think the greatest sort of small press podcast out there mm. and so i, I kind of went for this because i come from an art background and I thought well i'll just do all things kind of art and creative with a bit of a slant towards comics you know and i'll try and get comic creators on and, and things like that and other artists such as graham humphreys you know the, the poster artists things like that so yeah fantastic it, it is difficult though it's not an easy thing to do and i mean somebody the other week was asking me saying how are you finding it and i said it's great i really love doing it i love recording it i love chatting to people again because the people i have are you know genuinely interesting and almost infectious in their enthusiasm about their subject but the editing is that's longer than recording the podcast for me i mean yes I mean, it is yeah it's because I get a bit obsessed with like everything from the errs to the, 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 you know, what I'll say yeah. three times or the gaps or, and you can over obsess about these things, can't you? But I think maybe I'll relax as I get more into it. I think I've got more relaxed and a bit quicker about editing, but I'm just the same as you. I do get sort of very conscious of the audio quality and I get conscious about saying um a lot and pauses and gaps I always try to be kind to my guests and take out all that stuff from their recording because I know when they come to listen to it themselves, the first thing we all do is we all listen to our own voice. That's not me really, is it? I don't sound like that. Um, And then we think, oh, gosh, you know, I'm hesitating a lot or whatever, don't I? So, yeah, I do a lot of that, but I've got better at it, I think, and I got quicker at it. But sometimes it just depends because we've mentioned a few times Space Spinner 2000 with mm-hmm. Conrad and Fox, two, two Americans. And again, they started, I think, in 2016. I think they're four years as well. Yeah. Um, and they started doing a complete run through 2000 AD from Prog 1 as two Americans experiencing it. Well, you know, from Fox's point of view, from the first time, Conrad's already done a read through, I think. Yeah. And, and they're now up to 1990. And, and one of the things Conrad said to me recently, we were having a conversation and he was saying that because it's always Conrad and Fox, I mean, he's had a few guests on. I've been a guest on um, mm. a couple of times. But because it's always him and Fox, he can sort of dial in their their audio recording between them. Yeah. Um, whereas, like yourself, 
we're slightly hostage to how tech savvy uh, our guests are and how what's the standard of their microphone mm. uh, and you know and how good they are and some people can record their end of the conversation and upload it for you and some people perhaps and again you can listen to my episodes you can probably tell the ones where people are just using the little microphone sort of hole on the laptop rather than anything yeah. else yeah uh, but you know i'm grateful for them all giving up their time to do the podcast and like yourself i'm grateful for their passion because talking about some of these i mean it's childhood stuff isn't it some of this stuff is childhood stuff and it's just so lovely to be able to read it again and just gush about it and say yeah. you know oh this really i love this you know I mean, again, pulling back the curtain, you and I have just been talking about the uh, Steve Dillon, Judge Dredd story, Cry of the Werewolf. Mm. And for a young reader back in the 80s, you've got a story, it's got Judge Dredd in it and werewolves. It's like, I know. You're just like, you can't get better than that. And it's drawn by Steve Dillon, you know. I know, I know. And so, even yeah. now, you know, even just going through that, uh, rereading it again for the, uh, the episode, I was excited, as excited reading it then as i was you know what gone 40 brings, years ago 30 it brings years ago. back that excitement of our youth so you know yeah it's great stuff uh i'm all for it i would say this to anyone though don't underestimate how much time it takes to edit a podcast i mean i know some people who don't edit a great deal and power to them i just i'm not one of those people i just can't do it and like you i'm very conscious of cleaning up not just my dialogue but other people because yeah we all do it where we we don't realize that we repeat words quite a lot yes and i'd be mortified if anybody listened to their end and thought oh i say you know quite a lot because yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what i do <laughs> it's like ah. i know it's one of those phrases i've you know um but it's, i've just said it you know my my irish background we say you know a lot as well yeah. so have you ever had any uh any kind of podcast nightmares then and then we, we obviously it doesn't have to be people you don't have to name names but it could be almost something you know there's the infamous um not recorded episode of uh acp isn't there that uh, yes. vince still gets ribbed about that's, that's and i'll be having him on so uh he'll be getting ribbed again about it yeah um uh, but have you ever you... had anything like that so i've never lost an episode yet um he said touching his head and his wood at the same time <laughs> um that sounded wrong but there you go yeah, i was gonna uh, say <laughs> <laughs> steady on <laughs> i'm very excited talking to you damien um the first episode I recorded, I then had a PC crash like a couple of days later and I thought I'd lost it, but the backups had worked. So when I got the new PC up and restored the back, the hard drive, it was there. So, you know, it nearly it, it started auspiciously. Uh, there's been a couple of episodes because what earlier on I started as well as recording over Skype, I would meet up with people in pubs or at mm. conventions and I did episode 17 about Halo Jones um, in a pub in London. And it was, to be honest, it was too noisy. But I still put, I mean, I did, I tried to do noise reduction on it and I put it out. And then famously, I had an episode uh, 95 with one Damien Edwardson. Oh. So you were on a loser from the start there, weren't you? Well, the thing is, this, honestly, Damien, I feel, I feel sheepish about this, but I'll tell the story. <laughs> Because this was at Lawless Convention, I guess 
20 would that be 2019 it would have been yeah yeah so we're in may 2019 i think or thereabouts we're in bristol at the the hotel and it, it was the first time i think we'd you'd got in touch and said you wanted to do a podcast an episode about robo hunter and that mm. great Ian Gibson artwork. And I thought, yep, great. And I said, well, let's meet in the, you know, I'd set up a couple of recordings to, to happen at Lawless. And I said, let's meet in the bar on Friday night and do it there. And we recorded it in the bar. And it was, it was really noisy, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> and it got very loud, you know. There's only a couple of moments when I think it, they are louder than we are. I mean, generally, I don't think it was too bad. I know you felt bad about it, but... To well, be honest reason, with you, the less they could the hear of me, the better. Because no, I, I, I mean, I always think a good episode is when I talk less and the guest talks more. And that's what I wanted. And here's the really strange thing, because I think it was the first time, that was the first time that you and I had met and I'd met H face to face. Yeah. And we were in this very noisy hotel bar where the um, the ju- you know, the dread cosplaying judges, I think, were getting ready to go out on the Friday night lash and yeah. they were preloading in the bar and it was really noisy. And of course, the irony was that about two or three floors above that bar, I had a hotel room. I had so a quiet we. hotel room. <laughs> And I was just too embarrassed to say to this couple that I just met to say, <laughs> look, would you mind if we go up to my room and, and do it there? And now I think about that and I think, well, that, it's Damien and H, you know, it's just, of course, yeah. you go up to the hotel room and do it where it's quiet and get a better recording. And of course, since then, I've done I've done that like Gareth Hopkins, who people will probably know from small press comics. Mm uh thought bubble gosh this time last year thought bubble november 2019 we did that and the other thing that i'd also discovered i mean this won't this won't help you much damien but down in london near forbidden planet in london because the um we have these 2000 ad meetups so if there was a signing going on at forbidden planet or orbital or gosh one of the london comic shops we'd yeah. meet up for the signing and then we'd go to the pub we have a pub Very that we go jealous. to yeah so it's you know those are great fun and hopefully we will get those again at some point in a year or two um and then i discovered there's, there's this little recording studio around the corner where you can record you can hire various big rooms but they've also got this tiny little I think they call it the box room and I think they use it as like a dressing room or something like that, but you can hire that. And I think it was only like 25 pounds for the hour. And I would, I'd done one recording in there and I Mm. thought, Oh, this is going to be much better. I can, I can book these and I'll do them here and then we'll go to the pub. And then of course lockdown happened and it haven't, haven't been back since. And uh, you know, yeah, it was quite weird because you go into this place, this little, I think it's called the umbrella studios and I went in there with this bloke to do a, um, I think we were doing an Ian Edgington and Disraeli book called Kingdom of the Wicked. Wonderful and, book. Yeah, it is a wonderful book. And we went upstairs to reception to check in. And we're looking around the waiting room while we're getting the key for this tiny room we're going to go in. And the waiting room is full of very smart mums with very smart kids who are reading scripts. And so they were having auditions for some, you know, Netflix fantasy 
kids' scary adventure stories. Right. And all these kids were there for their auditions, in a, which was going on at the same time. And you look around, you're thinking, oh, that's a different world that I've never experienced. <laughs> no. Theatre moms and their kids, you know. But anyway, so episode 95 um, was probably too noisy. And, it, and it's probably what got me my only bad review on iTunes was about, I think, sadly, about our episode, Damien, just because of the noise quality. I don't, think, I don't think it was that bad. It was a good discussion. It was, it was, it was my your debut. debut. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so it, it, you know, it kind of fitted, really, that something had go a bit, uh, bit awry. Yeah, you shouldn't have hesitated asking us to go to your room because you get to our age, mate. You just take it where you can get it, don't you? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it feels, you know, it feels like a stupid British thing to be embarrassed about. Anyway, so... Well, no, I, I know exactly what you mean, though, because if you would have said she would go to my room, I think I would have started laughing. And I know age would have been laughing. Oi, oi, you can buy me a drink first. Here we go. Yes, you at least, that's right. Do we not get dinner first? <laughs> brilliant oh i still love that i still think back very fondly to that you know i was so nervous i did oh, i did weeks and weeks of prep for it and then forgot all of it when we started and i have i uh, know it wasn't noticeable but i have had other i know i've had one or two guests who actually found it quite a nerve-wracking experience mm. doing the podcast and I, for me it's become a lot easier as i've gone on Although I still I still have problems with my own interviewing style that I'm still working on trying to come up with ways of doing things better. But, you know, I, it is I appreciate that it's not always easy for some people. They get quite excited about the idea of coming on and then they actually do it and it, they can get a bit tongue tied. I appreciate it's not always straightforward, but it's talking again. I know we keep going back to this. It's talking about comic books. It's having a bit of fun. It's trying to tease out either some of that original passion or some of the interesting ideas that the artwork or the stories provoke. And, you know, we're just after that idea of two blokes or two people in a pub having a natter about books. It does that. And I think it's, it's wonderful. And you're still taking guests if people. Yes, absolutely. In mean, it's a long list, mind. Don't, you know, it is a long <laughs> don't list. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> uh, you know, if you go to the Facebook page, you will see all the books that have been picked for uh, future episodes but i do try and prioritize first timers so if you've not been on the mm. show before and you email me mcbcpodcast at gmail.com uh, i will try and fit you in i do <laughs> like we said already david i do have a job as well so um it just i don't know how i fit all this stuff in at the moment but at least we're not going anywhere at the moment are we? no that's true but i don't know how you do it either um <laughs> but keep doing it so it's not an excuse to stop because uh, I need my fix of Mega City Book Club. Stop. I will be retiring from the NHS in a year's time, but the, the book club won't stop. You'll be pleased to hear that. Will carry I can't on. believe you're old enough to retire from the NHS, mate. I'll tell you, uh, I'm afraid a... I am, yeah. <laughs> H and I, were look... you put something on the other week, and H and I both looked at each other and went, he's got a painting in his loft, hasn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So if you could have a dream guest on Mega City Book Club, anyone, I mean, they can be, I mean, living or dead. I mean, obviously the dead ones probably wouldn't be quite so talkative, but if you could have anyone to appear on Mega City Book Club, do you have someone that you'd love to, to have on? So uh, I was at the first Lakes International Comic Fest, whatever that was, four or five years ago, I guess. Mm -hmm. And John Wagner and Carla Sascara were introducing a screening of the 2012 Dread film. Right. And... 
um, I think before the the time it was due to start, about half an hour before, I was in the bar at the venue that they were going to be showing the film in. And I just managed to get to the bar and attract the barman's attention when John and Carlos walked up to the bar and I bought them both pints. And then they came and sat down with us and chatted with us. So I suppose the answer to your question, there's me just dropping my name, dropping anecdotes, but the answer to your question would be the dream team would have been John and Carlos at some point, which sadly, you know, we can't do now. And I, Mm. I don't think... I'm not sure John, uh, I know he's been interviewed by Mike Mulcher for the 2000 AD thrill car. So he might do. I might be able to get John. Mm. The other one, uh, the other dream guest, then I might try this one. I might have a go at this one, is I think it would be really fascinating to see if I could get the film director Duncan Jones to come and do one. Because, you know, he's a huge 2000 AD fan. He's still in pre-production on what hopefully will become a rogue trooper movie mm. um and his dad used to read comics as well so mm. that would be fascinating to perhaps get him but you know I, I, he's a busy chap so um we'll see but yeah john and carlos would have been lovely uh, and who knows what who knows what who i'll get on the show in 2021 we'll have a go at a, f- a few of the cre- the creators as well as the fans yeah it's it's quite nice that way because you've had some some famous creators on there i mean famous in the comics world obviously creators previously haven't you that have appeared so we had um, steve mcmanus who's the fa- the probably the best known of the editors of 2000 yeah. ad at least you know the golden age editor he was the mighty one thug yeah. um uh, chris weston came on and talked about the trigon empire which is uh, don lawrence's crowning glory possibly mm. uh james Peaty, who's a writer for 2000 AD, but he's also yeah. written batman and uh marvel comics and doctor who comics he's been on and he's coming back in oh, brilliant. the new year probably to talk about the uh, alan grant and john wagner batman stories um <sighs> that they did for detective comics so i'm looking forward to that I am as well. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, I do get some creators on from time yeah. to time. And I do, you know, they're very kind and generous and often retweet when the episodes come out. Um, but it still remains primarily a fan podcast. It's a podcast for the fans. Uh, yeah, that's it, really. What about yourself? Who would you be your dream guest, either for my podcast or for your podcast, Damien? I think... Um... For your podcast, I, I'd like to hear someone like, um, I'd, again, it'd be someone like John Wagner, or I'd love to hear you talk to Brian Bolland about his life in comics and, and what influenced him and things like that. Uh, I just think, you know, somebody of that level. And i tell you someone else as well that I've always thought would fit really well from listening to him with other other podcasts would be Brian Tolbert. That I think oh, yes. Fascinating. I mean, you know, um, fellow Wigginer. Brian Tolbert. Of course, yes. Um, I keep threatening I'm going to try and get him a star on. We've got this Hollywood kind of Wigan walk of fame where they give stars to people. And they only really started it after I'd left the council. Yeah. And I keep threatening I'm going to campaign when we get out of lockdown. Yeah. Get Brian Tolbert a star because him and Mary deserve a star on the Wigan walk of fame, in my opinion, for the work they've done. Um, but yeah, I think he'd be fascinating. For my podcast, I mean, I kind of, because I try and just do various things, um, again, you know, I'd, I'd probably similar people. I'd love to talk to some like 
John Wagner. I'd love to talk to someone like Brian Bolton. But I'd like to talk to um, a couple of other people, like, you know, people that heroes of mine growing up. So um, John Waters would be one. I absolutely oh, adore yes. John Waters' work. Um, David Lynch would be another one. You know, so it's people I would never get. But if you're going to go fantasy, you might as well go big, aren't you? Maybe you know go I mean? big, yeah. And uh, John Cooper Clark, you know, people like that. Just interesting, fascinating people that have a special place in my kind of creative heart, as it were, um, and influence me. You know, you never know. I mean, it's got easy these days to reach out to people. And I've thrown a few requests out. Not not at anyone bite yet. Um, but, you know, you got to keep I hope trying. You get John Cooper Clark. Oh, well, I haven't tried um, John Cooper Clark yet, but I might. Did he marry a monster if, um... from outer space? <laughs> Did I? No, did he? Oh, sorry. <laughs> don't you, don't you slander H when she's not listening. Uh, I was going to say, isn't, isn't that his poem? I married, I married a monster from outer space. Is that his um, poem? Yes, yeah. Well, I, I love John Cooper Clark. He was one of my um, heroes, kind of growing up. I got very much. I always wanted to be a punk, but I was too young, so I wasn't allowed to be. But I love John Cooper Clark, and then. Of course, he disappeared for, for donkey's years because of various reasons. <laughs> and then he found fame again. And, and I remember, yeah. strangely enough, I was living down in Cambridge and I saw this flyer for a, they were having a poetry festival. And it was John Cooper Clark in a pub in Willingham. And the first thing yeah. I was thinking is, where the bloody hell's Willingham? H asked their boss at the time. And he said, oh, you know, it's about five villages that way, as it were. And we went, and it was the first time he'd done anything for I don't know how long, and he just resurfaced to do this this show. And it was the most bizarre evening, honestly, because I don't think a lot of the people actually knew who he was. I think there was probably about four of us in the entire room that knew who he was. And it was like, it was a bit strange, because it was the show was held on this kind of like um, extension they built to this pub that was like a Wild West-themed, just a hall, basically with a stage at one end and a bar at the back so i'm leaning against the bar with h and we're just you know chatting and they're they're doing a bit of preamble and i turned and john cooper clark stood next to me and i was like going all right john i said um what brings you down here you know and he was just started having this chat and we were chatting for about 20 minutes about anything and everything and then um they were little did we know they were calling him from the stage going uh uh, Mr. Clark, Mr. Clark, who got cabin? You're and everybody's on. looking at us and he's like, oh, I'm going to better go. You know, and off he went. And then afterwards, he met him in the foyer because he does this thing where he waits and he he, he always goes out into the, the kind of foyer afterwards and waits for people leaving and thanks them for coming. And he's always done it. And he still does it now as much as he can. And he just, you know, he was shaking everybody's hand as they were leaving and we had another chat there. But yeah. It was tremendous. So, you know, they say never meet your heroes, but, you know, sometimes you do and they're every bit as delightful as, as you would hope. So, yeah. Fantastic. I'd, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to get him on. Well, I've but, never met him, but I, I'll tell you how old I am, Damon. Damien. I saw him uh, supporting Susie and the Banshees, would you believe? Wow. Back in the day. Fantastic. <laughs> I know, yeah. True genius. True genius. He is, he is. And I thought, yeah. like, we realised, we watching him and thinking, this guy is, a, this is guy is a genius, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got his book. I've not read it yet, but I've bought his um, his autobiography. We had a little delve in there because it talks about Rill when he spent some time right. in Rill because <laughs> obviously H lived near Rill, where she was born. So, And it's just fascinating. He's just an incredibly fascinating guy, but really, really nice as well and intelligent. 
So back to yourself and back to your podcasting. If you were to give a single piece of advice to someone listening to this, because everybody's got a podcast these days, including me, um, what's the single bit of advice you give them before they even start to record a podcast? Uh, I don't know if I can boil it down to one. I mean, it's it's pick something you're interested in, get a few in the under your belt before you start releasing them, probably, and just have fun. Basically, find something that's fun that's not going to become a chore, and uh, you know, do it and enjoy it. It's a great way of chatting with people and talk, you know, pushing yourself on subjects that you you know you what you want to know more about. Um, yeah enjoy it have fun it's we all need a bit of fun and diversion at the moment we do everybody yeah started a lockdown podcast but there's nothing wrong with that is there well no i mean i had a few um comments when i said i was doing it it's like oh great just what we need another podcast but then you also get nice comments of people that that you know contact me and say i really enjoyed it and i never knew this and thought that was fascinating and where can i learn more about you know and that's nice because that's the point of, of me doing this is trying to allow you know to try and allow people to push what they do and and hopefully then spread the word of of you know some of the things that they create so that other people will will hook into it and see it as well or enjoy it as well so you know it is very much uh we're all trying to help each other here and, and hopefully entertain people as we go along isn't it and where else on a podcast are you going to hear graham humphreys talking <laughs> about his work um you know fantastic I was really, really pleased because, again, that was one of the ones I threw out speculatively because um, yeah. I thought, well, he's probably not going to want to do it. And he just came back within a couple of minutes going, yeah, sounds great. And I was like, well, I can't afford to pay you. And he's like, well, I wouldn't expect to be paid. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Some people have asked. <laughs> you know, so. But, yeah, very interesting guy. And, again, we try and look at process. A bit like yourself where you delve more into the process yeah. of things or the detail. And I, that's what fascinates me. And it seems that, that you know some people out there like it so great have you seen the 2018 um jamie lee curtis halloween reboot i have and you know it starts with the podcasters and the podcasters set it all off yeah and there's two things about that because i just watched it for halloween this year again and there's two things one is that they're um they're not getting good audio on that kit they're using i tell you the way their audio <laughs> technique is terrible <laughs> And then the other thing is, in order to get an interview from Laurie Stroh, Jamie Lee Curtis's characters, they have to pay her $3,000. And I'm thinking, you're podcasters. You haven't got $3,000. I know. I know. It's ludicrous. Isn't it? yeah. This podcasting lark's just another money spinner it's, for me. You know. Is, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're costs, recording right? this from your yacht, aren't you? But hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I remember that. And I wasn't podcasting at the time, but I'm sure, I, was thinking, I remember thinking to myself, I'm sure that's not how it works, you know. <laughs> but then again, you never know. You never know. We might be doing yeah. something wrong, sir. Yeah. But, uh, and it's a terrible uh, reboot as well, isn't uh, it? Sadly, I, it was. I went in with high expectations and they were not met. No. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that you go in there knowing it's going to be bad. You just hope it's not quite as bad as it is. And it's not the worst Halloween because I think Rob Zombie owns that man oh. doing the worst reboot. But uh, I couldn't watch it, Damien. I had to stop. No, I've I've only ever seen. I must confess, I've seen about half of it, and I just I... thought I can't do this. It's like the Evil Dead remake, you know. I just it's just bobbins. It yeah, just loses dear. everything of the original. But the original Halloween. Maybe they... 
has the oh. pre-credit sequence of young Michael Myers and it's done. Mm. And I was 45 minutes into the Rob Zombie one and they haven't even got to that bit yet. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's lots of things in the in the reboot as well that what is this need to over explain people? I you know. know, I mean, what makes something like Michael Myers so scary is the fact that you know just enough to set it up and that's it. You don't need any more. And no. like you say, you know, you don't want half a film going into the background of a character that's more mysterious without having it. And actually more frightening in that sense, because you don't actually know what the motivations are. Um, it's just, but it's a common trope, isn't it now? I mean, they've yeah. done it with everything. They've done it. My favorite horror films, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And apart from the first one, and maybe the second one, because it was just Toby Hooper having a bit of fun. The rest of them are just terrible. Yeah, absolutely dire. Let's let's do a story about Leatherface's childhood. It's like, no, <laughs> don't. <That's> not. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm generally not interested. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So just going back to your work and then and, and your movie critiquing then, which is something else that I can see you going into when you've retired. <laughs> <laughs> the new Barry Norman. As uh, it were. Hey. Do you want to just tell us a bit about other projects that you're involved in at the moment? So I know that you have an annual usual charity raffle that you do in, in aid of, uh, is it cancer charity that you do it for? Yeah, I do all my fundraising for Cancer Research UK. My younger brother um, died of cancer about five, oh no, longer than that now, six years ago, I guess. Um and since then, I've been raising money for Cancer Research UK. And I go to, you know, when we go to signings and conventions, uh, I spend a lot of time queuing up and getting comics and books signed by creators. You get to meet great creators and have a little chat with them. You mm. get to tell them how important their work is to you, which is, you know, I think is always important. If you're at, if yeah. you get to meet these people, tell them what their work means to you. And also I get to chat with, you know, fellow fans in the queues, meet people like yourself and H. Um, and then I usually I auction them on eBay, but I also save up a few items. And then at Christmas we have a raffle. Mm. Uh, so this year it's basically it's just going to be the raffle because it's been 2020. But I have got some signed 2000 AD books and artwork and stuff like that. Uh, so if you go to megacitybookclub.com and follow the link to the Just Giving site, you'll find the instructions as to how you buy a raffle ticket. They're basically two pounds a ticket, which is the, the lowest contribution you can do on just giving. Uh, the money goes straight to just to uh, Cancer Research UK. It doesn't come anywhere near me. And it then is a raffle and we video the draw and I send out the books. And yeah, it's a bit of fun at Christmas. And it also it raises uh, a fair chunk of money for um, uh, cancer research. So yeah, it's all good fun and all for a good cause. It is brilliant. I'd, I'd urge everyone um, listening to this to to get involved and throw some money that way because it's a fantastic cause. And, and Eamon does put a lot of time and effort into these things. And some of these things you think, you know, you look at it going, I wouldn't have given that away. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you, that's what you do it for. And that's that's the brilliant thing about you. And that's why you're such a decent chap. Um, well, it's, you know, it gets me out. It gets I get to meet all these creators, get a moment with them get to ask them a question, get to tell them, as you say, you know, tell them what they mm. mean to you. And then, uh, yeah, then, the, then the, the stuff they give and the stuff they sign goes to a good cause. And some people, you know, I've had, I've had the odd nice email from people who for a variety of 
personal circumstances and health reasons can't go to conventions or never could yeah. go to conventions and they get some signed items from me and it's sort of you know they've sent me very nice emails about that so you know it's good stuff it's you know it's a lovely community some of the creators when they find out what i'm doing it for they'll hand me a free book or something like that and sign mm. it as well uh john mccray actually um back at thought bubble last year when i met you and h there yeah and i know john mccray is one of your favorites and he was you know he was very generous he recorded a soundbite for my podcast about carlos he uh donated a book and signed it um yeah he's great stuff yeah he's a very very nice guy again he's very a, generous person yeah thoroughly yeah. lovely human being mm. yeah and and majority of people in the comics world are aren't they you know i mean i've said this to other people that it's one of those strange businesses where although it's competitive people will help each other out and they've always got time for each other in the main i mean yes there are outliers to that and you know but you, you get that but the vast majority of people that we've met since we've come back into the the circle as it were two three years ago you know we felt really really to be made welcome and you know not looked at as as kind of outsiders but just welcomed in and i think that's that's power to the whole comics community to be honest yeah i, I mean you know our friend tony esmond who's on the awesome comics podcast and does his own never iron anything podcast mm. i was talking to him about this book he chose the Altonville club and about terrible depictions of comic fandom in that and i was mm. saying actually you know just about everybody i've met through 2000 ad and comics has just been lovely people um mm. You know, we've all got different skills in social situations. Some of us are better than other at it. But, you know, everybody's just lovely, it seems to me. I have yeah. a great time and I've, you know, I've never met. I've fortunately, I've not had any bad experiences. Um, we'll see what happens when I get you up to the hotel room, though, Damien. <laughs> hey, steady on. <laughs> you buy me that drink first. <laughs> oh that's brilliant so again i'll put all the links in the show notes i'll, I'll include links to mega city book club i'll include links to the the just giving stuff as well and if you can um donate it please do because it's a brilliant cause and Eamon works really hard and he genuinely is and i'm not just saying this he genuinely is one of the nicest people you'll meet and if you're really lucky you'll look at that rash as well why he's got you in his hotel <laughs> so um that's great and is there any other projects that you're working on at the moment? I mean, I'm sure you're busy enough because one of your projects will be saving the world through 2021. No, I mean, it's just it's just mapping out the schedule of recordings for Mega City Book Club in 2021. And as I say, if anybody's you know interested, particularly if you haven't been on the show before, pop me an email at mcbcpodcast at gmail.com and we'll work something out. Uh, so yeah, the main project at the moment is sorting out the schedule of recordings for the coming months getting the raffle done yeah and then i'm going to be quite busy giving vaccinations for a while i think yeah but looking forward to it are you going to do like a two-hander are you going to have one <laughs> <laughs> i'm going for the double lawgivers you know the, the boot holsters the ron smith look uh yeah brilliant and i'd just like to thank you for taking time out because i know you you're on a, a break this week so it's very nice of you to come on the show and also apologies because we had to move this from we were supposed to record this last night but obviously i had a dog emergency which meant i sat in the vets for two hours and Eamon again as gracious i was very 
very kind and was happy to reschedule. So it's very much appreciated. And um, you it's know, no problem at all. It's an absolute honour and a delight to be on your podcast. I love the podcast. Uh, it's a real pleasure. There's no problem moving the time because face it, Damien, there's not an awful lot in my calendar at the moment. <laughs> you know, it's not like I had a night at the opera planned. Um, Fantastic. No, I appreciate it, mate. So just remind them where they can find you on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all the other enjoyable things that we, we frequent. Megacitybookclub.com. So that's all one word, megacitybookclub.com. Megacitybookclub on Facebook. And then on the email and on Twitter, it's mcbcpodcast, at mcbcpodcast for the Twitter and at Gmail for the emails. And that's where you'll find me, basically. You'll get all the links there. You'll find links to the other podcasts from megacitybookclub.com. Um, and you'll find them in your podcast at the same place as you find Damien's podcast fantastic fantastic and if you've enjoyed this show then um obviously you can find us as i say in uh, as Amos just said in podbean spotify apple Podcasts. um and if you want to know more about my work then you can see me at art92.com it's art92 on facebook instagram twitter um you get to our age and if you've got more than one handle you know you're lucky if you remember to put your pants on in the morning so i'd never be able to log into anything um <laughs> so i hope you enjoyed this show i know i've enjoyed it and it's always a delight listening to him and it's even more of a delight having the opportunity to talk to him so i'd just like to thank him one more time and you can join us next week when we will have another episode of omen to that and until that time i'll leave you with a line from um a world famous humanitarian so this comes from dolly parton who said the way i see it if you want the rainbow you gotta put up with the rain Thanks for listening. Goodbye.